is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. If you still draft quarterbacks in round one, we're here to help. Hey, welcome to the show. We got a big guest coming on today. Chris Harris of the Harris Football Podcast gonna talk some IDP. Individual defensive player. We'll uh, give you some strategy. That's coming up in about a half hour. Until then, Adam, Dave, Jamie Heath, what's up guys? Yo, whoa, whoa. You know, Chris might not appreciate you calling him big. Oh, um, Dave is the big guest that, uh, so, that was so me. Dave's not a guest. That was so and I think Dave is sized perfectly. <laughs> me too. Uh, I, you were warned, you were warned last night, guys. Do not stare directly at the Giants-Browns game. It could permanently damage your retinas. <laughs> that was so awful. How much of it did you, did you stick around for? Three quarters. Three quarters? Yeah. You made it longer than I did. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Hey, listen, are you hiring people? With ZipRecruiter.com, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites, including social media networks like Facebook and Twitter. All with a single click. Try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. Uh, before we get into football, I just want to say Chris Harris is actually kind of a big guy, but you know, he's like tall. He, he could, he could beat the crap out of all of us. I just want to. He's not taller than Heath or Dave. Beat the crap out of all of us. I think he's a big. I think he's a big like, imposing. First off, I, like, how do you even know? He's a big he's imposing never seen anyone figure. Fight. He's an imposing figure. Jamie, agree okay. or disagree? I, everyone could beat the crap out of you. That's where the analysis yeah. of who could beat the crap out of who ends. Because everything else is kind of a toss-up. You would say he's bigger than Dave or Heath? Uh, he, I feel like he's more physically fit. Oh, for sure. Like, did you, last time you met him, did you do like a little inspection? Did there you give are him dogs. A I saw him two weeks ago, and I was like, wow, that guy could beat us all up. All right, so Odell Beckham... <laughs> Odell Beckham left with a sprained ankle. Brandon Marshall had an x-ray on his shoulder. <clears throat> uh, so that's bad. And uh, we'll just wait and see what happens. We'll get more information, hopefully, for tomorrow's show, which is going to be an awesome show. I'll tell you about that in a second. Give me a quick reaction. Trevor Simeon is Denver's starting quarterback. Hooray. Fine. I think the offensive line makes a difference, and it helps. Okay. It'll help him. It'll help the receivers. It'll help Denver. Everybody in the Rocky Mountains will go, yay. Okay, two quarterback league, Goffer or Simeon? Goff. Goff. The, uh, uh, Goff. Uh, uh, Leonard Fournette is not going to play against Carolina on Thursday, preseason week three, and it's one of the earlier games of the week. Uh, he's told Sirius XM NFL radio that he'll be running soon and that'll be back fine. They seem to infer that his foot got stepped on. Hmm, hate that. Hate that. Uh, let's start with well, an Chris email. Harris stepped on your foot, you'd probably cry, right? <laughs> yeah. You'd have to go to the hospital immediately. <laughs> probably. Uh, email of the day number one is from Jake in Kansas City. Today on the show, uh, I have a new game that I'd like to play. I also asked, uh, I also asked our listeners who has, who is have the you game ch- which fantasy analyst could beat up Adam? Uh, that's an easy game. All of them. Yeah, pretty much. Who, uh, who have you changed your mind about since the start of training camp? And the rookie running backs stole the show. But we have some other answers as well from our Twitter followers. But let's read this email at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's from Jake in Kansas City. Why is the third round so gross? I feel like I'm reaching no matter what. You are. Is that how you feel? There are no players in the third round that aren't reaches? Not there's no. 
I just, I agree. And I don't think it's even the beginning of the third. But there's a ton of upside at wide receiver. The running backs are mostly just gross. And the quarterbacks. Well, if you take you a quarterback in the third round, you're reaching. So. Rodgers and no, Brady. No, I, see, I don't agree. If you take, I don't agree. Rodgers in the third round is not a reach. Brady in the third round. L- the let me tell you. Insure. Here, I think are the safest players that you might find in round three. Rodgers and Brady are among them. I think Demarius Thomas qualifies as safe. Yeah. I think Travis Kelsey qualifies as safe. Well, Lamar Miller, nah. if you can find him, that at that point, but I don't. You know don't but you don't like Lamar great, Miller. I think he's fairly safe in round three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the point I was going to make was if you feel that way about round three, take Rodgers if he's there. I don't know that he will be there. but like, uh, If Doug Baldwin falls there, yeah, outstanding. Good. Oh, my gosh. That's like that's good. And that's where his ADP is early in the third. But here's, so here's the thing, and, and, and Jamie should weigh in too. Just going back to yesterday, if round three is so uh and you feel like you're reaching for a lot of guys, why not the rookie running backs here? Because they have as much upside as any other running back you're going to take. At least in my opinion. I agree. Yeah. I know you do. I know he doesn't. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's settled. Uh, round three is interesting. Try to nail those first two picks. So. Well, I, I think what you're going to find now is, um, if, if people are worried about Lamar Miller, he may slip. Uh, Isaiah Crowell's groin injury is going to make him slip because he's, uh, in the back end of the third round already based on average draft position. So he'll fall to the fourth round. You're probably going to see, because we've already seen the slide of Marshawn Lynch. So he was 25 two weeks ago. He's 30 now. So he's falling, which I think is appropriate. And then you have, if this Washington offense has another stinker of a game in the third preseason game, Pryor's going to fall out of the third round. And the question that becomes, though, who goes into the third round, I think is more important. Rookie running backs. Now, well, they're already there for the most part, though, Adam. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. So it depends, I guess, where you because look. Because Fournette starts the third round. Cook is right before Crowell in the third round. He's climbed 16 spots. <clears throat> yeah. Mixon's at 40. If he has a good third preseason game, he will push his way into the third round. And McCaffrey right now is in the second round. All right, well, it depends, it depends where you look. Uh, so you're looking at CBS ADP, right? And ours is starting to look better than it's, it, ours is starting to settle. Okay. So, I think the guys that will push themselves into the third round, th- there's one that's, that I'm looking at that's obvious. That's Keenan Allen at 41. Mm. He could find his way there. Hopkins is at 38. The injury has pushed him out of the third round, which I think is very interesting. Um. Should it? Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's kind of splitting hairs here because, Devontae Adams is coming off of a big season. He hasn't done anything to hurt himself. Pryor, like we said, is still right there. Brandon Cooks hasn't really moved from the third round. And then you have guys that have fallen to the third round, like T.Y. Hilton and, and Baldwin and Amari Cooper kind of toe that line. I felt like yesterday was a really fun, informative show. I worry that I'm getting carried away with preseason stuff. I'm trying, Everybody. I'm trying not to even care about yesterday. Like if we want to talk about the Giants game. Then you should care about that. They look terrible, but, you know, I saw this team, it's 10 years ago now, have a dreadful preseason, start weeks one and two, totally one looked awful, and then won the Super Bowl. 10 so, years ago? Yeah, 2007. So okay. that's the only example I can really remember because I don't, I don't track preseason they, like that. They could, to- just in terms of the Giants, <sighs> they're going to be a good team. They're going to be a frustrating offense. Yeah, yeah, but I, there, but there's like, going to be a lot of 20 point games 
they're scoring 20 point games where they win. Yeah. The Paul Perkins six carries for 10 yards, which included a 16 yard run. Oh, that offensive right. line is, yeah. It, it might be the worst in the I, I did drop him this morning, finally. I couldn't remain as stubborn as I was, but I, the problem is I feel kind of, I feel kind of like Dave <laughs> with Christian McCaffrey. Like Dave got all excited and moved Christian McCaffrey up just so he could be right where most everyone else was. And I kind of did the same thing with Paul Perkins. Where'd you I, move him to? Run number 27. Running oh, back. you're still too high. See, that's I'm, the thing. I'm 34th. I don't Should, know. Well, I, I don't know how he's 34th with 200 touches because I don't. A, I don't think he gets 200 touches because I think they're going to end up using multiple running backs. And B, that offensive line, uh, it was disgusting. Their best blocker last night. I mean, Justin Pugh was was pretty good, but Rhett Ellison was the reason why Perkins had a 16 yard run. He's one of those running backs that gets what's blocked for him. I don't think he's a creator. See, we, I don't think we know yet. And, and the, this is the thing about preseason. It's like, should we care more about the four games at the end of the year where Paul Perkins did okay? Or should we care about what four series that he's had so far in preseason? Or uh, he's probably had a little bit more than that. Like, I don't, I just don't care about preseason. Just, just, just to put things in perspective for you, Heath. Yes. Last year, Rashad Jennings. Yeah. Had 181 carries and 35 catches. Right. Was about the 40th best running back. Oh, he was terrible. I, he's better than Rashad Jennings. I agree, but that's Is he a lot just, better. That's 200. That's 200 touches. So you got him behind Rob Kelly now. Oh yeah. Who was I mean, Rob Kelly just like left him ago. in the dust. <laughs> when he's done nothing. Who Kelly? Yeah. They've been worse huh? than the Giants, the, the Redskins. They're... I don't have confidence in Paul Perkins keeping that. Job. You got him behind Terrence West. Oh yeah. Who's looked awful and has maybe a worse I disagree. Line. I thought he looked okay. Oh, West in looked first okay game. in the first preseason game. Okay, in the second game he did not look good at all. Right. Correct. Right. Yeah. Who else? Behind Jonathan Stewart. Uh, no, let's not go crazy. Alright. Alright, yeah, no, look, it, it wasn't a good day for Perkins, and it does, it does, uh, remind you of the shortcomings of the Giants offense, and if Beckham and Marshall are hurt, things are gonna get really interesting, but we can I talk think, about I that tomorrow. I think the guys that it's interesting to compare him to is like, Rawls, who is coming off the ankle injury, and could be the starter, could not be. Right. He's, it's almost a similar situation. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm got him ahead of him just because, like, Rawls has actual competition. I'm not scared of Orlean Starkwood. What about Shane Vereen? He's gonna, how many touches do you think Shane Vereen can take without breaking? He's a third I think the other back. thing though is, and, and I got this last night because I, I watched the game all the way through because I was doing a draft and I was working, so I just left it on. Um, Wayne Gallman actually looked good. Right. In the, it, against backups. Right. But you know how people react. Right. Well, why don't they give Wayne Gallman a shot? And I think the Giants, honestly, if Perkins, to, to Dave's point, I don't know if he's as bad as maybe you're painting him, but I don't know if he's as good as you're painting him. And I think the Giants at this point, which is why Orleans Dark was getting a shot, and Adam, you can probably address this better than we can, is they just need something there. And but, so it's- Right, but Darkwood didn't get a touch until the second quarter. No, no, Dark was behind Perkins. Perkins is their guy going into the season. But if it's continuing to be, what was it, six for ten, you said? Yeah, yep. with a 16-yard run. Right. If it's so. six for ten, so so project that <laughs> forward. You know, he's not going to get probably more than 15 carries if he's only getting that. But if it's 15 for 45, you know, if he's getting three yards a carry, they're not going to stick with that. No, they're not. But I don't. He'll. I think he'll be closer to four yards per carry. I just. I was worried about Perkins getting touchdowns because the Giants. They're a passing team. You know, they they pass the ball. They haven't had. What, what did I say? Rashad Jennings led the team in touchdowns two straight years with like three touchdowns. Right. And let touchdowns. me just go one step further, just just real quick. If the Elliott suspension is six games, would you say you're going to get six good games out of McFadden or six good games out of Perkins? 
Well, McFadden's gonna have three terrible games to start the year. I don't maybe, agree. Maybe I, I, I don't know that that's true. But, but fantasy I don't know games. Terrible. I mean, McFadden could go uh, fifteen for forty-five and score a touchdown. Right. More so, more likely than Perkins doing that. Yeah. The yeah. Giants I, also I, have one of the most unfortunate schedules this year. It doesn't start so bad. Dallas, Detroit, Philly, Tampa Bay. I, I, I and but I like Perkins. To week six, I, 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 I think Perkins bad. could be good behind a competent offensive line. This line does not give him a chance. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. I think that's perfectly fair. And I think if you're worried about the line and you're worried about Perkins, then you probably should be worried about Eli Manning having another disappointing season. Yes, he looked bad too. He's he's becoming I, – I got a chance to see – and he's a Hall of Famer. I got a chance to see Peyton Manning in college, and the knock on him was 100% accurate because the Florida pass rush at the time, I saw uh, – I, I obviously watched all four games that he played the Gators. I saw two in person. One, I was sitting right in the end zone watching it. And that guy would dance and dance and dance, and the happy feet comment about him was 100% true. Eli has that now. Well, he's always had that, but that's the thing that they've they never miss games. So they they don't like getting hit. They throw the ball away. They throw he'll throw some dumb interceptions, but they stay healthy all the time. All right, let's let's move on. Let's move on. So the podcast league. If you want in the podcast league, we'll uh, make the announcements on Friday. Please email us fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put podcast league in the subject line and give us a haiku. Five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. We've got hundreds so far. Give us a haiku. If you like podcasts, you like listening to multiple shows, go to cbssports.com slash podcast, singular, and see all of our selection. Uh, we have a lot of really good shows and some new ones. Our college football podcast is awesome. Pick six NFL. Uh, we have an event live in Philadelphia on August 31st at the Comcast Infinity Live restaurant. Please, if you're in Philly or near the area, please show up. We'll do a live podcast there and a Q&A. And if you want to draft with us, please do not email me about it. I will tweet out something, and you can respond on Twitter. <clears throat> We're going to do a live podcast with listeners tomorrow, a live draft. Not a live podcast like in person, but we're going to draft with listeners on the air tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern. And we're going to have a Max Scherzer interview later this week. He is hosting a fantasy football event in D.C. in September. Max Scherzer, one of the best pitchers in baseball, is going to join us. I'll probably air that interview on Thursday. Um, some news and notes real quick. Do you care about the Seahawks acquiring offensive lineman Matt Tobin? No. I No. He'll compete for a starting job there. All right. They're, they're, they're in trouble, left tackle. Look, Garrett Blunt has had weight issues, according to NJ.com. Is Wendell Smallwood going to be the Eagles' starting running back? Either that or he's getting cut, one of the two. It's so, 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 so <laughs> up and down. This will be the telling week to see what happens, how they use their guys. If you want to say who's the starter, Darren Sproles is the starter. He he could get the most work this year. We're drafting today. No, no, no. Oh, we're not. Okay, I thought we usually. Well, had... we are. We're doing our our latest uh, pick by pick series because okay. everybody loves that. So we'll be posting that by the end of the week. Are you going to pick Wendell Smallwood at any point? Uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, the, the 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 fun exercise with this and the the frustrating exercise with this is we all know what we're doing at this point. So, um. There'll be guys like that at the end of the draft that we'll, I'm sure, all consider. Okay, John Brown returned to practice as he deals with a quad injury. So I, I asked you this last week, but tell me now, when would you consider drafting Cardinals wide receiver John Brown? After round 10. Yeah, 11 or 12. Okay. If he stays healthy, he could be a steal there. Oh, uh, which would be the hope, but you just can't invest heavily in him at this point because of the sickle cell of the way that they're talking in Arizona 
I mean, it's 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 frustrating for him. And I, I think if I if I read it correctly, he's got a death in the family or or something close where he's yes, going to yes. try and meet the team for their third preseason game. Mm-hmm. So who knows what his prep will be and how much they'll play him. All right, Matt Forte may not be available for week one due to the hamstring injury. Bilal Powell or Paul Perkins? <clears throat> Powell. Powell and PPR. It's funny because they're back-to-back in ADP right now uh, as the 27th for Powell, 28th for Perkins running backs coming off the board. And Powell is going three spots ahead of him overall. Yeah, but in PPR, it's, it's got to be Powell, right? Yeah, I would take Powell mm-hmm. on both. Yeah. All right, so who do you feel differently about now? I think we'll say let's save that for uh, when Chris Harris comes on the show and see if he agrees. Today is Team Name Tuesday, but we also have a new game to play. Ah, now we've done Fantasy Feud. We I wanted to do like Fantasy Wheel of Fortune, but I don't see how that's possible. If anybody can think of a way, let me know. I've already lived that fantasy. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, how about some fantasy Jeopardy? By the way, listeners, did you know that Dave got into the final round of Wheel of Fortune once upon a time? What year was that? 2006 it aired. Wow, 2006. Totally blew it in the final round. It's tough. It's tough. No, it's not. It's Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, but it's not tough. Back in the day, Dave, did they give you automatically RST LNE? Yes. They did? Yes. And here at the office, we even came up with a special strategy because that's what we do. We're, we're, <laughs> Idiots who like games and think we can outsmart games. So we came up with a strategy to try and outsmart Wheel of Fortune's bonus round. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or whatever the noise is for the bankrupt. Is that That's what, what I just made. Like? Huh? Is that what a flamingo sounds like? <laughs> flamingo was the word. All right, flamingo. let's play. Let's play a new game then. Let's play Fantasy Jeopardy. Okay, dun, so. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I thought you were going to keep going. Uh, I give you a, an answer. You give me a question. We have two categories. Uh, they are quarterbacks is one category. I have four questions for 200, 400, uh, and, oh no, wait, I, yeah, I have four. 200, 400, 600, and $800 at quarterbacks. And I have two wide receiver questions at 200 and 400. So, uh, Heath, I'll let you go first. So select a, uh. Why does he get to go first? Cause he's, cause I can see him. Heath, uh, select a category and a price, please. Quarterbacks for 200, please, Adam. This young right-handed whippersnapper had just four games with more than 20 fantasy points last year in six point per passing touchdown leagues. But all four of those 20 plus point performances came in four of the six games his best offensive lineman played. Who is that, I Dave? Who is it? That was Dave. That was Dave. He Dave. hit his mic. Jamie hit the table, so I'm not sure which one counts, but. Don't hit the mic anymore. It's very annoying. Who is Carson Wentz? Who is Carson Wentz? That is correct. Dave, the board is yours. You have $200. I want tight ends for $10,000. Not a category. Wide receivers or quarterbacks? Wide receivers for $4,000. For $400? No, what's the biggest amount? 400 400 uh, a fourth-year pro who had less than 50 receiving yards in five of his last seven games, this guy is being drafted as a top-20 wide receiver. A fourth-year pro who had less than 50 receiving yards in five of his last seven games, he is being drafted as a top-20 wide receiver. Wow. Dave? Uh, oh, I hit the mic again. I wasn't supposed to do that. That's okay, Dave. Who is Emmanuel Sanders? Incorrect. Um, Jamie? Who is Mike Evans? Incorrect. In, as a top 20 wide receiver? 19th. 19th. I'll let you all buzz in again. Uh, he, he, uh, he plays in the NFC North. 
Dave, Jamie, who was that? That was me. Stefan Diggs. No, he plays on either Green Bay or Detroit. Who? Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams. Way to go, Heath. Thank you. Devontae Adams had less than 50 yards in five of his last seven games. Then he did better in the playoffs. But what do you think about that? Does that make you nervous about Devontae Adams? No. I, I'm a little bit nervous. Like, if, if I had to draft him to repeat what he did last year, I would be very nervous. Okay. He's not going to do that. But you like him at wide receiver 19. In standard, that's right about where I have him. In PPR, I think it's a little high. Really? There's 20 wide receivers you'd rather have over Devontae Adams? Yeah, cause then you start putting Stephon Diggs, Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate, all the actual PPR specialists. They're gonna catch 25 more passes than he does. So that's always interesting, cause yeah, they are, but they're probably gonna catch a lot fewer touchdowns. Well, I would guess he's gonna catch eight this year. Alright. So yeah, they'll catch maybe three less, two less. Okay. Alright. Fair enough. So Davis 200, Heath is 400. We have wide receivers for 200, and we have three more quarterback questions. 400, 600, and 800. And Heath, the board is yours. I'll go quarterbacks for 800, please. A top 12 quarterback in five of the last six seasons. This pocket passer finished 10th last year, but averaged just 17 fantasy points per game. I think game. Jamie was first. Oh, come on, Dave. I'm, I'm looking at both of you. Go ahead, Jamie. I'm winning, so Dave says Jamie was first. Jamie? Stafford. Stafford is correct. Averaged 17, yes. 17 fantasy points per game over his final 10 games. Almost all of his production was in the first six weeks of the season, Jamie, on Matthew Stafford. If you project his stats uh, from 13 games, because it was week 14 where he hurt his finger hmm. and played through that injury over the last three games of the season and the playoffs, he would have finished as the number six quarterback. So that's the pace he was on. So you like Stafford, right? He's just outside my top 12, but he's in that group of guys that could easily finish in the top 10 again. So I, I think uh, Dave and I did our average draft position video yesterday, um, uh, and I wrote about the story on the column, and I wrote the story on the site, and um, the the two guys that, that we compared in the video were Derek Carr and Stafford, and Carr's going as the ninth-best quarterback and Stafford's going as the 15th-best quarterback, and Stafford was better than Carr last year, and could be better than Carr this year. So once you get past like the, I, I think it's, you know, maybe the group that, that were, or the spot like where Andrew Luck is, which I think right now is ninth. There's so many guys that, yeah. and the reason I, I mentioned him just cause clearly because of, of the injury, but there's so many guys that could finish as a top 10 quarterback that if you don't want to take Derek Carr at his average draft position, which I think was like 72, you get at Stafford at 115 and the production may be similar. Okay. All right, Matthew Stafford. So Jamie in the in the lead with eight hundred dollars, Dave two hundred, Heath four hundred. I will be paying all of you, by the way. Uh, Jamie, board is yours. You have wide receivers for two hundred or quarterbacks for four or six hundred. Quarterbacks for six hundred. And the answer there is your fantasy football to daily double. And you have eight hundred dollars. What's what's the winnings right now? You have eight hundred, Heath four hundred, Dave two hundred. How much would you like to wager? We'll go four hundred. All right, for four hundred dollars. In a six-point-per-passing touchdown league, this NFC quarterback averaged 20, 23 fantasy points with his tight end healthy and 20 fantasy points without his tight end. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is correct. Jamie now with $1,400. Easiest fantasy football daily double. I thought <laughs> Jamie had 800 I have 1200 Oh, you would rate it four? I'm sorry. Yep. $1,200. Uh, you're running away with it here. Do you think Cousins' production is that tied into Jordan Reed, or do you think that was a little fluky? 
if that's the floor and the ceiling, then Cousins should have a good year. So if you're telling me he drops three fantasy points, that that lowers his upside. But if you're telling me that he gets three fantasy points with Reed, look, we saw two years ago Reed have a, a 13 game season where he was great. Last last year was what nine games, ten games, uh, where he was healthy. Was that it? So huh? That was it. Do you realize that none of us have given a correct answer yet? What do you mean? Oh, we playing oh yeah. No, Dave did. Dave did. So I'm I'm the winner. You are winning, Dave. You're winning. Um, I, I, I think that Kirk Cousins is in the group of 6 through 10. Okay, Reed played 12 games last year, but he was not healthy for all 12 of those games. He had a few games where he was kind of useless. All right, Jamie, in the lead with $1,200, two categories left. We have quarterbacks for 400, wide receivers for 200. Uh, quarterbacks for 400. This AFC quarterback played just three games last year with both of his top two receiving weapons healthy. He scored more than 20 fantasy points in two of those three games. Struggled in the other, but it was at the Giants on Monday Night Football. Shall I repeat it? Yes. Yes, please. This AFC quarterback played three games last year with both of his top two receiving weapons healthy. He scored more than 20 20 fantasy points in two of those three games, but struggled at the Giants on Monday Night Football in the other. Dave. Who is Andrew Luck? Incorrect. Jamie. That was Heath. So what's, I, <laughs> does my buzzer not work? What's wrong Sorry. with this thing? Sorry. Uh, Andy Dalton. Who is Andy there Dalton? There you go. Who is Andy Dalton? That is correct. Heath now has $600. Now, wait, did Dave lose money by answering it correctly? No. I haven't been penalizing you guys Clearly. for that. I haven't. Yes. Dave was in the negative. Very generous. Uh, yeah, Andy Dalton. When Tyler Eifert and AJ Green were oh. both healthy, he had two good games. He struggled at the Giants, but everybody struggled against the Giants. Uh, would you rather have Dalton or Stafford? You know how he pauses on that? Stafford. Everybody struggles against the Giants. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Stafford over Dalton? I'll take Dalton. I like his weapons better. I will take Stafford, uh, but I think again, you're, you're, you're kind of splitting hairs with these two guys. They're almost identical. Sta- uh, Dalton's had some bad luck the last two years. The thumb injury two years ago when he was on pace to be a top five quarterback. And then last year, he probably would have finished in the top 12 if A.J. Green stayed healthy. So he's been a little bit snake bit. Now, the one thing that concerned me about Dalton and looking at it yesterday, it's going to be hard for him to replicate four rushing touchdowns, which he had a year ago. But he's been uh, – he's, he's he scored at least one rushing touchdown. I think he's averaged two each of the last uh, five years, you know, if you factor it all together. Part of his game. Um, if he has everybody healthy, he has he has a chance to have a big season. But I think the same thing with Stafford. Dalton has a higher ceiling, though. All right, and uh, we got Chris Harris coming on in just a few minutes, so I'm going to finish off here with wide receivers for $200, except I'm going to make this for $20,000, and whoever gets this right wins. Currently the number 28 wide receiver off the board, according to Fantasy Pros. This wide receiver has finished top five in both catches and targets inside the 10-yard line in two straight seasons. Heath. Larry Fitzgerald. Of course it's Larry Fitzgerald, and Heath gets the win. Great, great, uh, except Heath loses because he did not say who is Larry Fitzgerald. So Jamie wins because Heath cheated. So there you I go. I cheated. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Clearly. That was fun. Fantasy Jeopardy was fun. And I've got a message for all of you before we have our guests on to talk a little IDP and to talk about players who they've changed their mind about. Uh, are you hiring? 
Did you know that you can post your jobs to multiple websites and get the best results with ZipRecruiter? ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT to try it for free. Your company is like your fantasy team. You need top talent to get success. So use ZipRecruiter to get that talent. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click, and then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. So this is why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in only 24 hours. So this makes it really easy to screen candidates. It's a very smooth, simple, productive, efficient process. And that is why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. Right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. And now it's time to bring on our guest for today, Chris Harris of the Harris Football Podcast. We had him on last year to talk about IDP, and we'll do the same this year. We're also going to ask him about some players that our listeners are higher on or lower on than they were, uh, you know, at the start of, compared to the start of training camp. What up, Chris Harris? How you doing, man? Hey, boys. Thank you for having me on. You see that? He calls us boys because he knows he could beat the snot out of us, guys. So, Chris, <laughs> um, we all, the, you, me, and Adam participated in the flex draft at yes. the Greenwich Street Tavern. You were in the, uh, the, the lesser than league. We were in the more fun league. <laughs> um, but your draft was going on before our draft, and Adam and I were uh, waiting in the wings for your draft to finish. And apparently, when you stood up, from finishing your draft, you intimidated Adam in such a way that he opened our show today saying that Chris would beat us all to a pulp. Yeah, and I don't think he it would be close. You're a big dude. You're like a big imposing. And, and dude. I said to I said to Adam, I said I don't think Chris is taller or necessarily bigger than Heath or Dave. You're definitely bigger than me and Adam. Uh, but Dave is what six four? About six four. Six four, and Heath is six three. Six two, six three. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and Heath is a big guy, and Dave's a big guy. Now you may win, not Chris Harris. I'm not putting that past you at all. But Adam was like it, the, the way he described you was like the Incredible Hulk. Uh, sorry, that's, that's what I saw. That's what I saw, Chris. Yeah. Like he's well, he described as being bigger than all of us, but in a good I way. I think like six six. I think it's gravitas. We're really talking. What we're talking mm-hmm. about here is gravitas. Yeah. Uh, we have a running gag on my show that um, that well, it's not a gag. I. So I work out and Adam's right about that. And I, uh, was talking with, so I do big brother, big sister, right? And so I have a little brother and he's on the football team in high school and he's all, you know, what do you, what do you lift? What do you lift? And I'm like, well, I do 225s because that's what the NFL guys do at the combine. I like to pretend I'm strong. <laughs> and, uh, so I like, I lift 13 reps at 225 and he goes, holy cow, that's more than Christian McCaffrey did at the combine. And I looked it up and he's right. He did, he did 11. And so we've got now this running gag on my show that Harris benches more than Christian yep. McCaffrey. And the fans get so mad <laughs> at that notion. They want to see videos. <laughs> Adam, well, how many reps of 225 can you do? I don't know. But what I just heard is that Chris, Chris Harris could probably beat up Christian McCaffrey. So there That's we what go. I, I heard that he wanted to beat up Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> All fights basically come down to bench press. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right. kind well, of what I heard. I mean, for, for sure he's like half my age. So <laughs> I'm sure I got him. <laughs> um, all right. So, it's, you know, speaking of which, the rookie running backs <clears throat> have really impressed our listeners. I asked our listeners on Twitter, who have you changed your mind about? 
and the rookie running backs. Dalvin Cook, I think, in particular, was the one that got the most love, Chris. Uh, tell me what your thoughts are on the rookie running backs, the, the big four primarily. Right. So I actually have them rated kind of all right amongst one another in the RB2 range, and probably I'm most interested in owning Joe Mixon because right now I think ADP-wise, at least like on Fantasy Football Calculator, he's going fourth of that group, and I'm probably bustiest on Leonard Fournette because he's to the point where he's going like mid-second round now in some leagues. In PPR, he's still a second-round pick, and I think that's crazy. So uh, I, I wouldn't say I've changed all that much on any of them. They all have like veteran components that could be annoying. But uh, as, as RB2s, I'm going to own some of them. Fair enough. Yeah, well, I took Leonard Fournette. I thought I took him in the second round in PPR. It turned out to be the third, so I guess I dodged that bullet. Um, Chris, one thing I, I don't like is when people bring on guests and they wait until the very, very end of the interview to allow them to to uh, talk about something that they wanted to talk about. So I know you have an almanac that you wanted to discuss, and I'm sorry, I should have asked about that right off the bat, but we were talking about you fighting all of us. Uh, tell us <laughs> about the almanac and where people can get it. I mean, if people don't get the almanac, I'll probably come to your house and be there. You go. <laughs> uh, it's this uh, PDF, right? So I, when I was at ESPN for whatever eight years, I used to write their print magazine, and that was always a frustrating episode endeavor because you had to do it like in February and March, and it's stupid to write them that early. So now I have a PDF. So it's like a 200-page PDF that came out August 1st, but I've already done one update. On August 14th, there's one more coming this Friday, August 25th. And uh, so you don't draft with outdated stuff. Like I will re-rank and I will rewrite a bunch of stuff and I will track changes. You can see what I, you know, in blue ink will be the changes that I made. So uh, a lot of in-depth film work and uh, I think it'll help folks with their draft. Thanks for letting me mention it. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Okay, so here here are some of the answers I got. Who do you feel differently about now? Uh, this is from Bruce. Chris Carson is going to own the Seattle backfield inside of four weeks. What do you think, Chris? No. <laughs> next, 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 next answerer. No, but I do feel different about Chris Carson because I didn't think about him. You didn't know about him. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I was, I still don't think he's going to own the backfield though. I agree with that. I don't think anybody in Seattle owns the backfield. We talked about this yesterday that there's a handful of rookie running backs that you can look late that could end up being steals for your team. I would put D'Angelo Henderson at the top of that. Then I might put Carson second. You know, Tariq Cohen's in that conversation too. You know, these are guys that at some point in the season could have just an opportunity. And it may not be 10 games. It may not be six games. But maybe three or four games, they could be starters for your fantasy team. And if you have a deep enough roster, why not speculate? All right, Chris Harris. Ryan Manning says, Kelvin Benjamin's rising ADP is ruining the value I was stealing in drafts. So I guess Ryan was high on Benjamin, didn't want anybody else to be. Have you changed your mind at all on Kelvin Benjamin? No. In fact, I'm with Ryan. My, I'm, I'm mad that the market is catching up. I think there was a big inefficiency. I had him as a fifth-round pick all along, and now that's roughly where he's going. And uh, it is sort of a, a bit of a bummer. It feels like a fair valuation now acknowledging that he's not a complete receiver, that what you're hoping for is a bunch of jump balls and maybe in cuts where he's sort of blotting out the sun and a defender can't get around him. But 100%, I think Ryan's right onto something. Yeah, blotting out the sun. What was your take on the eclipse yesterday? Uh, yeah, big Kelvin Benjamin coming across and blotting <laughs> like two-thirds of my sun up here in New England. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on to our next one. Uh, how about Lee? Lee says Cameron Meredith, monster season for him in PPR leagues. Chris, what do you think? Monster. Yeah, monster. I think maybe we're giving Mike Glennon or Mitch Trubisky a little 
too much credit. He's probably a little undervalued, but Monster, I don't know what you guys think. Fellas? I wouldn't say Monster. I would say third receiver with third receiver upside. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, 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 the quarterback play is going to hurt him. The inconsistencies of that offense are going to hurt him. His inconsistencies are going to hurt him. But target share is certainly what you're hoping for with him, and he's going to get a lot of it. Okay. It's Cameron Meredith. Jonathan King, I don't know if this was a typo, but he says Sex Burkhead. So he's pretty excited about <laughs> Rex Burkhead, Chris. How are you feeling about good old sexy Rexy Burkhead? You know, my opinion hasn't changed that much, but the market is starting to catch up to where I own him in that lesser draft from a couple weekends ago that Jamie was talking about. I own him and I have, I have him in a whole bunch of leagues, uh, just as a, I think Gillisley is. It could work out in Gillisley's favor, and it's not like I think he's a terrible player, but he is dramatically overvalued for the downside that he contains, and therefore, by the exact opposite logic, Burkhead is undervalued. Yeah, yeah, in that, uh, in, in the more stellar draft, um, Adam, what round did you take Gillisley? Fourth, fifth, think fifth, early yeah. fifth. Like two starting early. That, well, that's we, just the, I don't think we would have. No, that's down the, on that two or three weeks. That's the unfortunate situation of drafting early. Is yeah. that it, it? It may have been around too soon, but you know, you you were very aggressive with him, and you know, hopefully, it works out. Chris, I'm scared to take either one of them with a pick at current ADP. I guess I'd take Rex at current ADP, but I think it's going to go up. And the other thing that I'm really scared about is drafting both of them because I just think that the Patriots' running game is going to be as unpredictable as it's ever been. Is that really fair, sure. though, what, what to say it's unpredictable? Because they've had – I just did this yesterday. So they've had, since 2011, they've had uh, – or I'm sorry, the last six years, whatever that comes out to. Um, three guys that have gotten you at least 180 carries. Two of them have gotten you over 290. Right. 290 carries. Okay. So we, I mean, I agree with you. The thought is it's unpredictable. But were they predictable running backs? The three that you're talking about. Did we know going into the season that they were going to be those guys? See, that's that's our, yeah, last year. Yes. I mean, I think uh, people would have thought. I think so. I don't Blunt think everybody Lewis was excited about Blunt. No one guys. thought he'd get. Not that. Guys. But Ridley going into that year. Back in the day, sure. And then the Green Ellis year was the 180. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, but you're not paying for 180 with Gillisley. Right, I want more I mean, than 180. Well, that's the point is people are paying Gillisley ADP expecting LeGarrette Blunt. Right. A year ago. And that's the unfortunate situation. Yeah. Yeah, that right. Man. That's wrong. Uh, so yes, I mean, I, I'm taking Burkhead current ADP. If he goes higher, uh, I, I, I'm going to start to be a little more circumspect because it, I agree. This feels like the, the, uh, the Stephen Ridley getting hurt year. There's the, uh, who was the Notre Dame kid who rushed against the Colts at like eight touchdowns that one game? Oh, Jonas, Jonas Gray. Gray. Jonas Gray year. Like, uh, it feels to me like a, a shared touchdown situation. And, and actually more often, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt wasn't LeGarrette Blunt last year, uh, until last year. I mean, he, he did, he maxed out at seven rushing touchdowns in a single yeah. season until 18 last year. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that anybody goes for a dozen to me, I, I think I'm with Dave. I think it feels like a stretch. Okay. So, uh, nobody likes my Gillisley pick. Fair enough. <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk IDP. Okay. Uh, that's why, that's why the people are here. They want to hear about individual defensive players and, and the draft and, and how you go about it. Because it's not like you're only drafting IDP. You're obviously, we have the league we just did is a PPR league with a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, flex, a kicker, but no DST, obviously, because we are starting nine defensive players. This is, 
I think it's Jamie described it last year, IDP on steroids. Two defensive linemen, three linebackers, three defensive backs, and then like a flex, which can be a linebacker, a defensive lineman, or a defensive back. And this is my second year doing IDP. I was in this league last year. I loved it while I was doing well at the beginning of the year, and then I said I hated IDP when my team started to trail off. (laughs) Um, Chris, let me start with you. When should J.J. Watt, who's going to be the first IDP, right, when should he come off the board? When should he? I mean, not, you know, not the sixth round, in my opinion. Um, so that's where he, that's where he came off in that league. Uh, for me, it's more like maybe eight or so. Here's, here's how I think of it. I mean, Watt is valuable in that to me, he stands ahead of all the other defensive linemen. He's kind of a tier unto himself. Even Joey Bosa, I wouldn't put in, in Watt's tier. And there are a lot of linebackers who are tier one. I'd say seven or eight. And then defensive backs, you know, probably somewhere in between that, two, three, something like that. Those are the 10 or 11 players that I went into that draft thinking, okay, in single-digit rounds, I could see taking one of these 10 players. Otherwise, I'm waiting. And for me, that's the way to approach, especially a deep IDP league like this, is there's going to be a lot of sameness across the positions once you get out of the elites. And so if you if you can get one of those or two of those, I think in that draft I got two of them, uh, great be willing to spend an eighth or a ninth, and otherwise, ugh, just wait and wait and wait because there's a lot of sameness. Who was but the I idiot that took J.J. Watt in round six? <laughs> the, the genius. <laughs> you mean the genius he's coming. Yeah, but defend yourself. No, I. here's the thing. Before J.J. Watt got hurt last year, J.J. Watt in a lot of IDP drafts was going second or third round, and he was worth it. He was outscoring defensive lineman by a ridiculous amount of points and like if, if you look at it from a, a value-based drafting perspective then you could just compare him against defensive linemen and say well he was that much better than anyone else at the position if you look at it just from a fantasy point perspective in our scoring system i think he was scoring right up there with anybody that wasn't a quarterback yeah he, right he's he was i looked at it because in the games that he played uh, i know i guess it's two years ago right he he was he was a, a stud he was huge for two years in a row so right. i i don't know that he gets back to that point and that's why he fell to the sixth round but i'm i'm fine with starting idp in the sixth round i do agree with chris that there's only maybe a dozen guys that i would take in the single digit rounds and then there's a lot of similarity i right. think it's also important to note when you're talking about idp strategy you have to know what the scoring is for the IDPs, whether tackles count or not. And usually they do, but there's some leagues where tackles do not count. And you also have to know how many IDPs you actually start. Like I've had people come at me and say, I'm joining an IDP league. When do I start drafting them? And I'll ask, how many IDPs are you starting? And they say one. Well, if everybody's starting one defensive player, I don't know if there's really an advantage or a disadvantage into when you go about I think the, the leagues that we see the most are one per position. One defensive lineman, one linebacker, one okay. DB, and one flex. So if that were my, the case, I would only prioritize defensive line because I'm confident that there are so many linebackers and sure. defensive backs that come out of the woodwork every year. You can find them off the waiver wire. You don't have to go and spend a seventh or an eighth round pick on Luke Keekley or Landon Collins. You can go and just wait. But I would you think... Take, take your kicker first if you want. I would think that the fewer IDPs that you have, especially if you only have one, the more valuable somebody like J.J. Watt would be. Or am I am I misreading that? I think there's enough talent on defense in the National Football League where if you don't get J.J. Watt and you get... Khalil Mack or Joey Bosa. Or, or JPP. Yep. yep. 
I, I Olivier think, Vernon even. Yeah, yeah. you will is there a drop off? Yes. Is it going to cost you your league? No chance. And Jamie said Khalil Mack, and I think that's one of the most important things playing IDP leagues on CBS this year. Any site. I know on a lot of rankings and a lot of different sites, Khalil Mack's an outside linebacker, and he's not not worthless, but not as valuable, not, not too far from no, but, worthless. But I'll give you a better example because uh, I drafted him. Is Vic Beasley, who on some sites is a right. defensive lineman. Our site, he's a linebacker because that's what the Falcons list him as, as he said, outside linebacker. I took him as my last IDP, so that was round twenty-eight. <laughs> you know, and and his numbers last year were eye-popping from a defensive player. And right. from a pass rusher, but he's not a pass rusher on a lot of fantasy sites right. because of the position he's designated. And the yeah. reason why defensive line is kind of the prioritized position is because there's just so few difference-making defensive linemen, in part because in in a 3-4 scheme, very rarely do you have a defensive lineman playing at the level of J.J. Watt or Joey Bosa. 4-3, okay. those are edge rusher guys. So, yeah, on CBS, Khalil Mack is a defensive lineman, and he is right in there that – Top elite tier, right? Okay, but but it's harder. It's harder to find a good defensive lineman as the season goes on. Right. Okay, uh, Chris, you mentioned you know yep. like tennis elite players. You, you said you have two of them. Who are some of the other guys? Obviously, Watt, Khalil Mack. They mentioned Joey Bosa. Maybe you can talk about some of the defensive backs. Who are some of the best IDPs that you wanted to get in the late single digit rounds? So, I mean, we we heard Landon Collins. I think Dave's mentioned Landon Collins. He would be my number one defensive back. And the only other defensive back I'd put in that tier would be Rashad Jones from the Dolphins. And I, I got him in that draft. Um, so I was willing to push a little bit to get him. I think Watt is the only defensive lineman you push for. Uh, even, you know, players with tons of sack upside like Bosa, Vernon, Ingram, Melvin Ingram, like they just aren't going to get you the tackles that are going to make them be huge point scorers in most formats. And then linebackers where there's always solutions, but there are also just guaranteed locked down tackle machines. So, I always enter any ADP draft saying, all right, well, these seven guys, these eight guys, uh, Ogletree for the Rams. I got Telvin Smith. I think Telvin Smith might be my number two overall, maybe number three overall defensive player in an IDP draft. He's just so safe for, for tackles. Keekly, uh, Quan Alexander, Bobby Wagner. Um, I think I got Preston Brown in that draft. He, he's just locked in safe for the Bills. Uh, but again, you don't want to go crazy reaching for linebackers because you're going to find a lot of tackles almost anywhere. Every team has linebackers with tackles. All right. So look, this was a three receiver PPR league. I think, uh, that, you know, hopefully we gave you some good information about IDP, some players to look for, some strategy, which positions are deeper and whatnot. But let's go back to IOP and talk about offensive players. PPR league, Chris, remember what pick you had in the, I can actually tell you, you had the 10th pick. Ten. Uh, tenth pick. <clears throat> And you took Melvin Gordon in round one, and you took Doug Baldwin in round two, which was 15th overall. So this was three receivers in PPR. You took Baldwin ahead of T.Y. Hilton and Amari Cooper. That was kind of interesting, and Rob Gronkowski for what it's worth. Uh, yeah, why don't you tell us about that pick? Baldwin right ahead of Hilton and Cooper and Gronk. Well, Hilton's easy. I don't think that's even a close comparison right now, knowing what we know about Andrew Luck, knowing what we knew a week and a day ago when we did this draft about Andrew Luck. Cooper's, you know, I, I feel like Baldwin probably is lower than Cooper in a standard, but in PPR, like, lock me down for how safe Baldwin's 80 to 90 catches is going to be, and Cooper has more upside for his career, for this year, for everything. Cooper's an incredibly polished receiver, but the volume with Crabtree on that team and with Cooper himself 
maybe not being the easiest receiver to get off the line. I didn't feel like he presented as much safety in a wise guy draft like this one. I was like, oh, let's just lock in. Let's lock in something safe PPR wise. And my subsequent picks wound up being very PPR ish. You know, I, I was like, okay, my number two running back can be Ty Montgomery because he's essentially a wide receiver. And, uh, I, yeah, I felt like my plan going into that draft was go receiver, receiver. And then a whole lot of receivers went in front, went ahead of me. And I saw Melvin Gordon sitting at 10 and in a PPR. I don't care if Gordon's sitting at 10. I think you take him. Yeah. You took him over Michael Thomas and Devontae Freeman and Des Bryant. So you, do you believe in Melvin Gordon this year or do you think, uh, he was too touchdown dependent last year? Where are you on Melvin Gordon? The talent is real and legit. And as a rookie, I thought, you know, coming into his second year, I was among the highest on him and owned him in a whole bunch of leagues because the talent is legit. Uh, just you never saw so many two yard carries as a rookie where it should have been minus two and he darted around three different guys, just guys that size. He's not huge, but he's in that six foot, 215, 220 range who can move like that are just special and it's still not a good situation. It's still an offensive line that's probably breaking down. Maybe it's a little better, but he's a good enough player that maybe a little touchdown regression, but then maybe give me some accidental health. I feel awesome about him as a, a top 10 pick in all leagues. I mean, relatively speaking, he is a running back after all. Okay, so let's uh, – yeah, right, I mean, right. There aren't that many good running backs for sure. There might be, but, you know, it's, it's a tough position. All right, let's talk about this draft a little bit. I'll, I'll give you a, a name and a round, and you tell me how you feel about it. Keenan Allen. This is a three-receiver PPR league. Keenan Allen, ninth pick of round two, ahead of Gurley, Demarius, ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. We'll talk about that. Ahead of Hopkins, ahead of Pryor, Devontae Adams. Keenan Allen, ninth pick of round two. Let's start with Chris, and then we'll get the rest of the guys to weigh in. What do you think? Too early for me, although it's it sort of signals your intention. It's almost the anti-Doug Baldwin pick. It just says, all right, well, I'm going to shoot the moon, and if he's healthy for 16 and he's anything like he was in his other healthy times, I'm going to outperform this spot, but, man, there's a lot of downside. Dave, Jamie Heath? I don't like that he was picked ahead of uh, Demaris Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Terrell Pryor, Brandon Cooks is a close call. A lot of running backs he was picked ahead of. I almost wonder if the person who took him, which is Adam Pfeiffer of Rotocurve, could have waited until round three, which is when he got Pryor. Maybe he could have strategized a little bit better and gotten Demarius Thomas and then Keenan Allen. Worst case scenario, he gets Demarius Thomas or DeAndre Hopkins. You can put them side by side. And then if you don't get Allen in round three, Pryor was there. Unless these are the two guys that he wanted. Right. And knowing that I mean, Allen is always interesting because, like Chris said, which I agree with, if you're, he bought him at a ceiling, essentially, um, as what, the 10th or 11th receiver off the board? 21st overall. Probably 12. I, I've got him 12th in PPR and 22 overall, so I don't mind it. And if okay. you want to talk about a player who's, uh, who has changed my opinion over the course of the offseason, Allen is one of those guys. Cause I remember bashing him at the beginning of the offseason, uh, saying that, He's not going to be healthy, and how good could he be? And then they drafted Mike Williams. Well, the combination of Williams going down and Allen looking like a star in training camp, I, I, I'm, I'm becoming more and more encouraged. And the fact that this is just going to be an offense that is going to explode this year, which is another reason to like Melvin Gordon, Chris. Uh, I, I think that Keenan Allen will continue to be that catch king. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Chris, let me get your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott, 24th overall. 
Another gutsy call. I, it's funny. I had that. I picked one in the lesser draft uh, that we were talking about in New York, and I took Le'Veon Bell as Le'Veon Bell went one here too, full PPR. And when it came around to me, Zeke was still there, and I thought, you know, it, it had happened the day before, and I thought about it, but I couldn't do it, and I wound up going Des Bryant, Amari Cooper, I think it at uh, 24, 25. And then Zeke winds up lasting in that draft until like midway through the fourth. That's not happening anymore. People are sort of catching up to the idea. Okay, well, maybe I can patch it together. I don't know about you guys, though. This feels like a league where it's a little harder to patch it together because it's so deep. So if you make a mistake, oh, I mean, you're going to be really scrounging the waiver wire. So I think in this league, for me, it was a little early. Right. Too early for me. That, that's a good point because I think there are like 27 roster spots in this league. There's very little on waivers. Now, there are a lot of IDPs, but it's still there are, there are what, 18 or – 19 uh, offensive players on people's rosters, something like that. So not a lot on the waiver wire to, to fill in for Zeke. So actually, if you guys want to weigh in on that again, I can look at this team and see who his other running backs are. No, he, I'm looking at it right now. Oh, uh, it's he? Justin Fialco from Rotorwire. Uh, he did the smart thing. He had the picks at the turn. So round six, round seven, the first pick around seven, he took Darren McFadden. Now you can certainly argue, did he take McFadden ahead of some guys that probably shouldn't have gone ahead of him? In that same round, Adam, you took Bilal Powell. Uh, Adam Pfeiffer took uh, Amir Abdullah. Ooh. You know, those are two guys I think we would all say should go ahead of uh, ahead of McFadden. But that was the time where Justin had taken him because it's doubtful he would have got back to him, at least the way I would probably anticipate it. And so now he has that Dallas backfield locked up. And if the suspension is for whatever reason reduced, or he just manages through, we're all dealing with week eight on. Anybody who plays Justin, he's got David Johnson and Ezekiel Elliott, and that's going to be pretty difficult to face if the rest of his team is pretty is impressive. Now, now. I think it's Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, don't, I think it's Le'Veon Bell, right? Don't take David Johnson away from my team, who oh, drafted second. Yeah, 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 Tom Brady, too. <laughs> Le'Veon Bell. And, well, yeah, let me just Brady. throw, before, before everybody else trashes the Zeke Elliott pick, let me just say, the one mistake he made that I know for sure is that he didn't lock up the Cowboy backfield because I got Alfred Morris in the 25th round. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ah. If you're going to go that deep, you may as well take Alfred Morris. Sure. sure. Right. Uh, all right, we're running out of time here. Sorry we didn't get to go too deep in this draft. I, I just want to know some players you like and dislike this year, Chris. Uh, you break down a lot of film. I guess you noticed something with Melvin Gordon going into last year, and that certainly proved to be a great call. Who you, who are you liking this year? You know, I, I'm taking Corey Davis in almost every league. And, of course, you're, you're doing it. I didn't get him in this league, I don't think. I was mad. But, uh, you know, you in, in a standard redraft league, 10th, 11th round, it just feels like a chance worth taking. Um I just see, I see number one, I see wide receiver one, I see fantasy wide receiver one upside. Of course, the price is artificially low and maybe truly low, should be low because of the hamstring, but I, man, I'm, that's all day long, I'm gonna take that as a late round pick. Tyreek Hill, I, I think, is being- you know, Hold on, if I could just weigh in. Sure. Um, if I had known how mad I was going to make you when I took Corey Davis in the 10th round, I swear to God I never would have done that. I'm very sorry, Chris. Please don't. Yeah, he's afraid. He's afraid. Yeah. <laughs> I was- I was mad. I was mad. There was a there was another expert draft I did the other day. I, I think people are starting to hear listen to my show. <laughs> Realize I like Corey Davis. Tyreek Hill uh, is being fairly valued, but I think he's got upside to be he's got upside to be Antonio Brown. He's got upside. He's got that kind of skill. I'm not sure he can get open, but in terms of quickness and speed and non pressability at the line, like let's see him run a seven yard out with precision. But I am excited about the possibility. We mentioned the rookie running backs. Joe Mixon, I'm going to take him a bunch if I get him, you know, if he ever gets to me in the fourth round, I mean, I, I, I pounce all over him, you know, late third, I'll definitely also pounce on him. I 
think he's, you know, 200. He's the same size as Jeremy Hill. Oh, he just happens to be twice as fast and much shiftier. <laughs> and, uh, it's, there are questions about the line, but I am, I'm interested in finding out. Okay. Chris, thank you so much for coming on. And everybody, please get the almanac and listen to his podcast, the Harris Football Podcast. He knows his stuff. He's intimidating and he'll come track you down. <laughs> and, uh, no, actually he's a really nice guy, really good guy in the industry. And uh, it's a pleasure having you on, Chris. Good luck in the IDP League. Thank you guys for having me on. And honestly, like Jamie and everybody else, thank you for inviting me to this league. Because last year, I have to say, it wound up being such a pleasant surprise how much I enjoyed it. It's a total blast. I, I plan on winning, and then I'll come on next year and talk about it. Thanks, yeah. Chris. Thank you, sir. If you want to get more from Chris, go to harrisfootball.com. Harrisfootball.com. Let's finish off with some emails. I just, uh, I haven't told everybody about the commissioner products today. Uh, I said last week we're all biased here. We all play on a lot of websites and we do like CBSSports.com the best. And I think you will too. So if you haven't tried it, please do. It's easy to use. If you're into keepers and dynasty leagues, CBSSports.com is now becoming the best place to start your dynasty league. Endless customization for scoring and for league rules. Uh, a lot of league options. It's the the CBS Sports Commissioner really at the perfect place for the diehard fantasy football fans like you. So go to cbssports.com slash fantasy and get started. This is an email from um, – oh, I don't have a name here. Let's say it's from Mike. Chris. Chris? Yeah, okay. Riverside um, in a state of Dave's choice. Oregon. Dear Craig, Roger, George, and Timothy – yeah, it feels like we should know that. I will look it up. Uh, I have the second overall pick in a 16-team league that allows seven keepers per year. Who would you take in this league between Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook? McCaffrey. Yeah. PPR, so I think it favors McCaffrey. Oh, it's PPR? I'm, yeah, yeah, but it's, all, it's kind of yep. it's dynasty, basically. So, right, yeah, okay. McCaffrey. Okay. If, it's, if it's PPR, it's McCaffrey. All right. Uh, by the way, those are bonds. Ugh. Obviously. Right? Wait, are they Bonds? Say it again. Craig, Roger, George, and Timothy? Yes. Craig is the new one. But that's Daniel Craig. It should have yeah. been Daniel. Yeah. Not Craig. Because the other ones are first names. Wait, who's Timothy? Dalton. Oh, okay. Alright, next question. Dario from outside of Philly. Ooh, come to the event on the 31st. Twelfth pick in a 12-team half PPR redraft league. Been doing some mocks. I seem to be getting a lot of Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed. They're too early for the friendship strategy, but how do you feel about having them as two of your top three or four receivers, Michael Thomas and Willie Sneed? You would have felt great about it last year if it was Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. So yeah. at the value that you're probably getting these guys, maybe too soon. Um, yeah, as long as you're taking Willie Sneed at the 5-6 turn, then I think that's... That's perfectly fine. Like, are, Thomas is a little early there, but not too bad. Are you interested in knowing how many times last year multiple Saints receivers from the big three had, of the, the, the top three receivers in New Orleans, how many times last year did two of them have double digits in fantasy? I really only care about the, the two, Cooks and Thomas. You want just Cooks and Thomas and no Snead? Because I, I don't know if Snead's role, his role might not change. The targets might go up. That's the, that's the point. How many times, Dave? Between the three or the two? Three. Three, four, five, I'm gonna six. Guess nine. That's pretty good. Six times. That's Sorry. Pretty good. Ooh, you're mad my about buzzer's, that. My, my buzzer's still not working. <laughs> six uh, times. 
All right, this is Rodney from a dusty city in Nevada. Uh, Prim. Prim is pretty nasty. Ooh, yeah, Prim was all over Ray Donovan season four. Hey, Pete, Kevin, Andre, and Ruxin. That's the league. Half PPR. Uh, oh, no, yeah. Oh, it is half PPR. It's also half point per completion. When would you consider taking a quarterback, and how would you rank them? Twelve teams? Uh, yeah. Sure. I think the position is a little bit thinner when you start getting into points for completion. And I think the order changes, too. Yeah. Is Breeze one? No. Can you give, let's see. Here, Adam. Uh, I'll play a game with you. Top five completion leaders from last year. Drew Brees. One. Kirk Cousins. Three. Joe Flacco. Two. Blake Bortles. Um, Inside the top ten, though. Is he? I was being a goof. Uh, Rogers. Stafford. Uh, Stafford is six. Rogers is four. So you're missing one. All right. One more guess. Let's go with – shoot. Oh, come on, Azer. Dalton. It's not nope. Dalton. Who? I'll say Wentz. Nope. Wentz was actually seven. Who? Palmer? NFC quarterback. <laughs> Set an NFL record last year. Cutler? No. Uh, Cutler. Terrible guess. What, what, what a terrible what, what, I figured he that? set an interception record or something. Uh, 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 I'll give it away here. Set an NFL record for completion percentage last year. Ah, uh, Bradford. Sam Bradford. Uh, I would say that I would wait until Andrew Luck is taken and then get ready to take Matthew Stafford. All right. Fair enough. When? Like, what round are we talking? Like, well, just wait and see. Just wait. And you see. don't know how early. Like people might just rush out and draft quarterbacks all really quick. Yeah, but this this hurts. Dak, it hurts. Mariota, it hurts. Cam, Cam Wilson, Wilson. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even maybe better than looking at it, uh, completions is looking at attempts and just they're probably going to be go hand in hand. That's why I guess Flacco. Well, I I, I would have said the same thing, but like Rivers is low. Rivers had a really bad year. How low was year. Wilson? Wilson was uh, outside top 15. All right, guys. Uh, just give me a yes or no from Justin. Is McCaffrey worth it in Fort- a in a 14-team standard league? Is Christian McCaffrey worth um, pick number 21? I usually can't get him by my third pick. Nope. Then, no. yes, if you want him, that's where you take him. Standard scoring, though, so. Is it worth it? No, that's what he's asking. Yeah, no, it's not it. worth it, but if you want him on your team and you can't get – if you're not getting him at the turn, then get him. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. All you're doing is pushing down other players that'll fall on your lap that you may have had to reach for it too. But we can't say in it that we would take him 21 overall in standard scoring. It's just not. It's a reach. It seems anyway. But again, it's. His I know, team. but but like, if yeah, I want. Him. I want. Uh, okay, I want uh, Willie Sneed in round three. Is should I? Is that a reach? Yes, but if you want him, then do it. <laughs> don't don't do it. It's a bad idea. I don't it care. It's a bad if you idea. Want but again, it's your team. Yeah, but it's all right. I mean, I get it, but don't do it. You're screwing up your team. The, that's it for today's well, what show. What are we talking about here? Ten picks difference. Well, in I just think league? twenty-one no, overall in standard is is way too. No, 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 early. no. It's, he's picking at the end of the second round of fourteen-team league, right? Pick twenty-one, so middle of the second round. So ten picks. In a standard league, I would say twenty. Yeah, it's it's well, no, it's twenty eight. No, no, I'm saying until he, until he picks. It's like fourteen round. picks oh. or something. It's like fourteen or fifteen picks. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, I guess. I guess the thing sense. that I would do is if I really want him and that's the spot you feel you have to get him, look at the group that's going in the third round of where you're going to pick, and just say, am I comfortable coming out in my first three rounds with those three players? 
Yeah. Or just don't do it. Right, that's it for the show. See you later, everybody. For Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Live draft tomorrow. Get pumped. Bye.